the funny thing about winning is um, it's hard to measure. And even, the, even in the things that my life is involved in, like ministry and, and education, is I, I like to win. I like to have success. And, and that's, not, that's not always an easy thing to measure. The hardest part of, of winning is that sometimes even, even, rel, even your relationships don't seem successful, whether it's your parents with your parents or boyfriend, girlfriend, or friends. And so we face a lot of times where it doesn't seem like we're winning. It doesn't seem like we're successful. It doesn't seem like anything that we're doing is really really matters or making a difference. Your first, well, this is our foundation scripture for the series. So above all, guard the affections of your heart. For they are affected as for they are affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being. Sometimes we take care of other people better than we take care of our heart. I have preached that we take care of what other people's hearts are and forget and neglect to protect our own. For from your heart flows the wellsprings of life. Your first feeling that everyone wants to experience success. That our hearts were designed to want success. That there's a certain amount of disappointment when things don't seem successful. And can I just say that disappointment is a hard taskmaster. Disappointment doesn't just show up in our lives and say, I'm disappointment and I'm here to to you know, run your life for the next year and a half or whatever. It doesn't show up that way. It comes from within our hearts and that disappointment because, because we haven't seen the success or the accomplishments that we, think, that we think we need to see. Now, here's the deal about, certainly when you get to my age, there's not you know, too much that I think that I want or need, but my, I want my life to count. I want, I want what I do to be effective. I want it to make a difference. That tends to be the more of the success that maybe that's you as well. That maybe you're at an age where, you know, you just don't necessarily need too much, but you want your life to, to matter. That our human nature is to avoid any feeling of disappointment and pain. One of the saddest parts of our existence is that when we've been disappointed, when we've experienced pain, that there tends to be a long trail of that where we try to avoid ever experiencing that again. The sad part of avoiding disappointment and pain is that it's unavoidable. You can't avoid it, but it is how you deal with it. What do you say when you've done your best and it didn't turn out how you thought? There's been many times in my life, and I'll say many times recently, that I gave it my all. That I did the very best that I could. Here's the hard part about life, is that when you put your whole heart into something and it doesn't turn out right. When you put all, I mean, all of your energy, all your hope, all your dreams, you put it all in. I mean, you were all in, and it still wasn't successful. It becomes one more thing, just like me at Mario Kart, one more thing that we're not good at. One more thing that we aren't proud of. One more thing that didn't turn out the way that it... Now, now let me let you in on something. Any basketball players in here? 
No, two, maybe, one, half, yeah. If you ever play basketball and I'm near a court, don't ask me to join your team. You're going to be, <laughs> you're going to be sorely disappointed with my abilities to play basketball because there are none. <laughs> I don't have ability to play basketball. I, you know, I don't know how to make that field goal. I don't know how to stand at the, at the finish line. I don't know how to stand at the end zone of the basketball court. I'm saying all those things wrong on purpose, by the way. So everybody's like, he ain't lying. <laughs> But don't ever ask me to be on your basketball team, but every single one of us have things in our lives that we know I'm not good at that. And, and, if, and if somebody asks me to be a part of that, I know I'm not going to be successful. And so we end up living a life that's ruled by fear on what we can't do. That it's ruled, it's, it's held in by the restrictions on what we know we are able to do and what we're not able to do. That there's more something, the more something matters, this is good, the more that something matters, the harder it is to measure. That I can tell you, I, 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 put, I put together a Lego set about a month ago. I, I, let me tell you, I followed those directions. I I made that Lego set. As a matter of fact, you can look at that Lego set and you can see that it is the, the set of, the, of friends, the Central Perk set of friends. I made that thing. But you know what? That really doesn't amount to anything. It's the stuff that I've poured my heart into, the things that really matter to my life that I really can't measure the success of. But can I let you in on something that's not in my notes? Our interaction with people sometimes breeds discontent and feeling like we're not winning. You want to know why? Because we can't control people. I'm going somewhere. Look at your neighbor and say, he's going somewhere. Secretly, many people feel like they're failing even when they are outwardly, everything seems okay. I think one of the saddest things that we see in society is people that are seemingly successful, but we find out later on that they're empty and undone. The sad part of this is that, that we may look on the outside like we have it together, but inwardly we really feel like I'm failing at so much. I'm going somewhere with this. Here's, here's the, let me tie two things together real quick. The more that you care about something, the more invested you are in something, the chances are the more you're going to feel like you failed at it. Because things just don't turn out how we always want them to. Listen to Psalms 1. I'm gonna, this is where we're going we're gonna to camp tonight. Psalms 1, blessed is the man or the woman who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinner, nor sits at the seats of scornful. I'm jumping ahead of myself, but what that really means is not that you stand in the way of a sinner and say, hey, you can't get by me, nor sits in his actual seat. But it's talking about that blessed is the man who doesn't walk after the ways of the world. Because of the ways of the world, the standard of the world, what the world tells you is going to satisfy you and bring you joy and contentment and be the, the way the world says it will lead you all the way up to it and through it and then abandon you at the pinnacle of what it told you was success. It's, an, it's, it's, an, it's a trap of the enemy. Verse 2 in Psalms, Psalms 1, verse 2. But he delights in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Here's the reaction. Here's the response. And then he is like a tree planted by rivers of water 
that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does prospers. We're trying to gauge what God is doing based upon a messed up world. We're trying to say, God, God, I believe that if you place me at a certain place, if you place me there, then I can say that I've achieved success and God does not follow a standard of this world or the principles of this world when it comes to your life. That God doesn't gauge our success based on anything but him. That if, there, if, there's, if there's a standard in our lives of success, the only standard he will ever hold your life to, the only standard he will ever hold my life to is the standard of his heart. I'm sorry, I got excited on that last song and I kind of threw up my voice a little bit. That he is, here's, here's, the, here's the truth, here's the rest, that he is the standard that doesn't move. He is the standard that is steady, that is secure, that doesn't change. Can I help you with something that holds your heart, that holds your life, that holds your joys? You want to know why we live in such disappointment? Something else is holding our joy. If you've ever been discouraged, if you've ever been overwhelmed, if you've ever felt like a failure, if you ever felt like you didn't measure up, I've felt all those. Your joy's in the wrong place. Can I, can I also say this? Your joy's not where it's supposed to be. You placed it in the wrong place. You put it in a place and said, God, why is my joy not fulfilling me? If you've got it in the wrong place. Psalm 27, 1, it says that the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? That the Lord, what is he? He's the strength of my life. Of whom shall I, whom shall I be afraid? Here's what happens is, is that, that we've, lost, we've lost the inner voice of his spirit inside of us sometimes. And when you lose that inner voice of his spirit, you start listening to crazy things. And usually they come from the inside. I like to be encouraged. Man, if I, if I want somebody to encourage me, I know who to go to. William Henry is one of them. William, my goodness, he'll, he'll send me a text here and there just out of the blue. And I'm like, dude, that's what I needed to hear. Coach Owen at, at Burleson High School. Coach Owen, if you know Coach Owen, he's, he always tells me, he goes, man, Mr. Moore, you're, my be- you're my, the best boss I've ever had. I'm probably the only boss he's ever had. But Mr. Moore, you're the best boss I've ever had. Coach Williams, Coach Williams, anybody know Coach Williams at BHS? Coach Williams, yeah, every time I see him, I've had both of his boys in my class, every time I see him, he, said, he says, Mr. Moore, you're the, you're the best teacher in this school. So when I get discouraged, I was like, where's Coach Williams at? <laughs> I need to be hearing something of that. But we, we, we like to hear those voices. But that's not the reality of our lives. The voices of discouragement come too. The voices of failure. The voices you're not, you're, you're not adding up. You're, you're not measuring up. You're not, you're not successful. You don't, you don't have what it takes. Those voices come. Sometimes they're in the natural. But sometimes they come on the inside of us. That we have a standard of success that we don't even check 
who said it. That was what Adam and Eve failed in the very first book of the Bible. That's what they failed with is that they didn't check the voice that was speaking to them. They just listened to whatever it was. And success will never come. Hope will never come. Rest will never come. Courage will never come if my heart is in tune with the wrong voice. Are we basing the condition of our heart based on what people say who haven't even figured out their own lives? Have you done that? You don't have to lift your hand. You don't have to. Have you ever done that where somebody has just taken you through the ringer? I mean, they have just led you around by your nose and they couldn't even figure out their own life, yet they jacked up your ears. Nobody in here, right? People that you know. I was sitting at a table the other night and, uh, you know, I lead worship here and, and I was sitting at a table the other night and one of the ladies in our church, an older lady in our church, I mean, she just, she was talking to somebody else and I just happened to be an earshot and she told them exactly how bad our worship was. <laughs> I know I'm small and tiny and not shiny. I'm like right here. Yeah, she told them all the stuff we didn't do and it's like, <laughs> what I wanted to do was like sister. That's what you call people when you're, when you're religious. Sister. <laughs> let me pull up what we, planning center, what we plan. And let me show you where we do what you're saying we don't do. <laughs> Every week we do what you say we don't do. But that, that, wasn't, that wasn't the issue. I mean, I don't hold anything against that person. They, just, they were just talking. But if you let stuff like that get in your heart, it'll It'll grow. We let stuff like that get in our heart and in our minds and we start thinking on it, it'll move in. You know, right now with all this rain right now, including my house, I had beautiful St. Augustine that chinch bugs ate the snot out of last summer. So I'm gonna have to resaw a big portion of my lot. But you know where all those bare spots in my, you know what happened to all those bare spots in my yard? A bunch of weeds that I didn't plant. I sure as heck didn't water or fertilize. But you know what that, do you know what that, they just, they just growing and thriving. I mean, they wave at me. They're so tall right now. Some of them are tall. They wave at me when I go to work. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get my, my, my lawnmower and scalp you. But I, you don't ever have, you don't, you don't ever have to plant the words of the enemy over your life. He will plant them himself if you let him. I didn't walk out there and say, you know what? I sure would like some weeds everywhere in this yard. It wasn't enough that I spent a bunch of money on this grass. I want to see me some weeds. But you know what? They didn't ask. They didn't come knock on my door. Do you mind if we, do you mind if we plant out here? No, they just took up residence. And every word that the enemy has over your life will not ask for an invitation. It will just move itself in there. And can I let you in on something? And if you don't push it back out, it is your fault. I'm preaching now. 
that any word of the enemy, let me help you with something that doesn't line up with the word of God over your life that says that you are treasured and that you are valuable and you are purposeful and you are meant to live at rest. Anything in your life that you that moves in that's contrary to the word of God that you don't push out, darling, you'll live with it until you push it out. You know what you gotta do? You gotta fight your battles. <laughs> you gotta push it out. I, I, I had it last night. Got an email right before I left school yesterday. Rocked my world. That stupid email woke me up at 1 o'clock. That stupid email woke me up at 2 o'clock. That stupid email woke me up at 3 o'clock. And I had a decision to make every single time that that stupid email woke me up. I had to decide to bless his name. I had to decide the condition of my heart. Because if I didn't decide, that email was going to decide it for me. What your, what your so-called friends say about you that makes its way back to you, I, I'm going to preach right now. I know y'all don't ask me to, and we, we got to get out of here in a few minutes. But let me just tell you what. Your friends that are loyal to you and stick by you and faithful to you, they will say a million things about you, and you'll say, oh, that's nice. But some two-bit person that doesn't give a stink about you, that doesn't even know how to put their own life together, that probably has poo-poo in their underwear, is going to say something bad about you, and that thing's going to be like a missile headed straight towards you, and it'll make its way to your ears on purpose. But, if, but you got to make that decision. I'm not letting that trash in my life. I'm not letting that trash take up residence in my heart. I would, they, but, but you don't know what they said about me? They said ugly things about me. They're probably ugly themselves. Isn't that true? I, I, I've got a fill in here in just a minute. I don't know where it is, but uh, go to Isaiah because we're going to get there. We got we to go quick. But those, listen to me, but those that wait upon the Lord, what shall happen? They will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. That I expect hope, but I, I don't, I expect hope, but I don't look to the Lord. It's not how it works. Can I go quick? Can I go quick? I got to get somewhere quick. My heart is waiting for my full attention to be on the Lord. And if my full attention is not on the Lord, then my heart will be waiting. That my heart will never be satisfied. My heart will never find success. My heart will never find rest. It will never find fulfillment until it does what Isaiah says, that I wait fully upon the Lord. That when my clear focus is him, he'll do what he promised. When my clear focus is him, he'll do. Can I, can I go back to Psalms? Watch this. I read this already. He shall be a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaves shall not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. That's just success. Whatever he does will win. Whatever he does will be successful. You know what this, this verse right here is talking about? It's talking about a tree, and that tree's roots go way, way down deep. That tree's roots find a water supply that's way, way down deep. Bill Johnson, who, who, who has a church in, in uh, Colorado, Colorado, California, he said, we had these trees on our property. I may have told this before. He said, we had these trees on our property that these trees just flourished. 
They looked so good. And here was the thing is that California, that area of California was going through an extreme drought. You've heard of the California fires? It gets so dry that everything's just a tinderbox. And he said, it was dry as dry could be. But these trees that we had on this property, they didn't know that we were going through a drought. You don't want to know why? Because their roots were going way, way down to a water table that was just feet, hundreds of feet down there or whatever it was. Those, tr- those tree roots were going way, way down. And they were finding a source that didn't ask if there was a drought. And God says, I designed your heart, that your heart, he said, that that you'll be a tree planted like a stream of water, that your roots will go way, way down, and your roots, the roots of your heart will find a water supply, and it it won't come up for air and say, is there a drought out here? No, it doesn't care if there's a drought or not. It's gonna go way, way down, and your the roots of your heart are gonna find the water source of his soul, the water source of his heart, the water source of his goodness, the water source of his love, and it's gonna thrive in the midst of dryness. Two verses before that, what did he say? He said, those that wait on him. Those that wait, that put their hope in him. That lose, that, that lose, they lose a sight of the, of the surrounding stuff. That we're trying, we're, trying to, we're trying to get noticed by people that, don't even, that aren't even paying attention. <laughs> you ever done that? Determine what you were going to wear. Determine how you're going to wear your hair. You know, that's real hard for me to decide sometimes. Determine, you know, determine what, what you... You're trying to get noticed by people that aren't even paying attention. Can, can I let you, let you in on something? It's wearing you out. The strategy of the enemy is to wear wear us out. Because if he can wear out your heart, it's good enough for him. If he can wear out your hope, it's good enough for him. But you got, you got, so until all of my hope comes from him, part of my heart's going to be disappointed. Have you ever felt that? That ache? Sometimes it's a physical ache. That ache on the inside? You know what that's from? My heart's not fully trusting him. That, that pain, that, that ache, that uncertainty, you know what that's from? That I haven't fully trusted him. Because when I, when I, when I start fully trusting him, my roots go deeper. You know, one, one of the ways you can do that when you're, when you're worshiping, you know what happens when you worship? Your roots start going deeper. When you start lifting him up and magnifying him and saying, bless your name forever, those roots start going deeper. And though it might be on the, on the surface, it might be a drought, it might be dry, it might be barren, it might be hot, it might be arid, but your roots are going way, way down deep. Did you, do you remember what it said? It says, whose leaves would not wither. Whose leaves are producing green. <laughs> Everything's dry, everything's dead, everything's hot. But the tree is producing luscious green. Why? Because its source went way down deep. We get addicted to approval that comes from others and lose sight of God's approval 
that our heart needs. Monkey man, if you'll come on down. Psalms 105.3. Can I go back to that for a second? We get a, my spazzing out, we get addicted to approval. Worn out. Can I say it another way? Get worn out by approval. If they would just notice, if they would just take note, if they would just give their affirmation. It's like me looking for Coach Williams. Where are you, Coach Williams? <laughs> I need you to tell me what good teacher I am. Best teacher in the school, he says. Every time I see him, I'm using that as kind of fun, but in the natural, we do get addicted to approval. What people say, think, do. Psalms 105. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those rejoice. You know what we've lost? Rejoicing hearts. We, we have a lot of discouraged hearts. And we've lost rejoicing hearts. Jonathan, you don't know what I've been through. I know, I don't. But this still holds true that my, when my heart rejoices, seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face forevermore. You know what happens is that we, we, we get this idea that we're, that we're not enough. I was on the treadmill the other day at Planet Fitness and the, the TV on the far left came up with the Nugenics commercial. You know what Nugenics for? Nugenics is for men that are over 40, that, <laughs> that are overweight and have lost stamina and, and was preaching straight at me, which was bad enough because I'm like, I'm trying, I'm on the treadmill. And you know what, you know what happened next? The next TV, Nugenics commercial. Like, you lying TV. <laughs> are you over 40? <laughs> Lost your energy? Carrying that extra weight? Not very much muscle mass? You need Nugenics. I kid you not, the third TV went to a Nugenics commercial. So I did what any strong, brave man of, man of the word, I looked up when Nugenics was on my, on my phone. Stuff's $109. I said, we, we won't be having any Nugenics. <laughs> so I'm give it a try. Don't look at me so holy. You know you've tried stuff like that. The enemy wants you to hope. Listen to this. The enemy wants you to hope for there while you hate here. He knows you'll never get there. So all you'll end up doing is hating here. So there I am. I don't mind telling you, I weigh 233 pounds and I'm, I want that scale to go down. I cast that devil out of that scale every time and that, that scale speaks back and says, you eat too much. And I'm on, that, I'm on that treadmill looking at those Nugenics commercials, watching them go across the screen. And you know what every single one of those commercials is telling me? You should hate your hair. Because if you took Nugenics or you got a Peloton, 
or you shopped at a certain store and bought their clothes, then you would like you're there. It's a trap. We've lost, can I tell you, we've lost hearts that rejoice in the now. I'm preaching now. I said, we have lost hearts that rejoice in the now because you know what a, re, you know what a rejoicing heart in the now does? It's, its roots start digging deeper. Its roots start moving dirt out of the way. A rejoicing heart in the now finds, finds a stream way down there. It senses a stream down there. And, and a heart that rejoices in the now starts moving stuff out of the way to get to a source that's not connected to what's going on above. That our hearts are pulled toward things that were never meant to satisfy. I'm going quick now. That God is waiting for my heart to turn toward Him. There's an old song that says, and watch the things of earth grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. It's matters of the heart. It's hearts that are burdened, hearts that are overwhelmed, hearts that are sad, hearts that struggle. Can I say this? Hearts that are trying. There's nothing worse than trying and losing. There's nothing worse than giving it your best and still falling flat on your face. And I want us to do something before we close. I want us to send our roots down. I need to. I'll tell you that. I need to. So can we just for a moment, just, just close your eyes. And if you're okay, just put your hands in front of you, just like you're receiving. And let's just, let's just, let's just bless the Lord. You are my hope, God. Oh, I bless your name. I give you my praise, Lord. You're wonderful in all your ways. My heart rejoices in you. Oh, my heart rejoices in you. This heart takes satisfaction in you, mighty God. Yes, it does. Oh, you have kept me. Oh, you have held me. Oh, you've been good to me. Oh, you satisfy me. Oh, you rejoice over me. Songs and shouts of deliverance. Oh, you rejoice over me. Yes, you do. I bless your name. Cast your care. Just right now, many of us just need to cast our care. God, I throw the whole weight of that concern on you. I throw the whole weight of it on you. I throw the whole weight of it on you, God. I throw the whole weight of it on you, God. I release it to your faithful hands. I release my life to your faithful hands. I release my heart to your love that abounds towards me. Oh, I give it all to you, God. Let me just be frank with you, God. Everything I've tried hadn't worked. Everything I've tried haven't, hasn't worked. So I give it to you. Oh, I give it to you. I give it to you. And I rejoice in you. I rejoice in you. I rejoice in you. I rejoice in you. I speak to the depths of my heart and I rejoice in you. 
I speak to the depths of my spirit and I rejoice in you. You're worthy. You're good. You're faithful. You're awesome. You're worthy. You're good. You're faithful. You're awesome. You're a good father. You're a good father. You're a good father. And you restore to me the joy of your salvation. You restore to me the joy of you. Somebody's getting that right now. Just restore joy. Just restore joy of your salvation. Just restore joy of his salvation. Fear not, little flock. Fear not, little flock. He's a good shepherd. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Renewed strength. Renewed strength. They that wait upon you shall renew their strength. Run and not grow weary. Walk and not faint. Bless the Lord. Amen. Amen. just a minute longer. I believe God's doing something in this place. Just a moment longer. Blanca, over you and David... God's strength is a, in, the, in my, my knower, my spirit. I see just strength over your home. And then I see that it's not just around your home, but it's over your kids. That that strength is, is moving on your kids. And as, as they walk out the door to go to school or whatever, that, that, that just strength is coming out of that home going with them coming back strength strength peace joy in the Holy Spirit Miss Vivian I I see God moving at a pace I see he's moving at a fast pace and and I see him moving at a fast pace and as he's going he's 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 putting his hand on this and then he's putting his hand on this and then he's putting his hand on this and he's putting his and he's working he's working in power and in strength and in speed and I see you behind him just floating you and Reuben just behind him floating and as you float you're just in a rest as he is working I mean he's got angelic he's throwing orders around and he's moving in the spirit and he's putting his hands on stuff and you and you and Reuben are right behind him and just just coming along with him just enjoying in the wake of his glory in the wake of his glory 
just expect that more over your home. That you, that you and Reuben, you're going to wake up mornings in your house and just the glory of the Lord is just going to be filling the house. That when you wake up, that when you wake up and come to you, it's like, Reuben, the presence of the Lord is here. Maybe you've already felt that just in strong power and, you, and you're going to rest. And you're just going to rest in it. He doesn't need your help. Yeah, he does. He needs you to trust. That's it. He said, you just trust me. I got this. Bless the Lord. Amen. He's good. Amen. He said, Jonathan, why didn't you say that over me? You can just steal it. You know what? When they put out cookies or something, there's usually plenty for people to just take some. Maybe just put one cookie out. <laughs> so I want one of them cookies too. Take one. Take it for you. Say, I want that over my home. Take it. Some of you are going to start praying over your... I saw this over you, Elijah. I want you to do something. I want you to start... I want to borrow that in a minute. So I want you to do something. I want you to, if you don't already, I want you to be praying over your mom and your dad. And as you pray over them, God's going to continue to move. You're going to, be, you're going to partner with God over, over your mom, over, over Scott and Ollie. You're going to partner with God. It doesn't have to be long. Just when you get up in the morning and say, Lord, I thank you that you're blessing my mom and dad's marriage. You're blessing their finances. You're blessing our home. And God's going to slap hands with you and come in agreement with you. And you're going to be in, in union with him, in agreement with him. Like, who me? Yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, you. Praying to the Lord over that. Isn't that good? We all should be doing that, but the Lord just showed me that over Elijah. We got to go. <laughs> we, got, we got to go to Starbucks. And I'm just listening. I'm just listening. Mason, you'll have the wisdom right when you need it. He hadn't failed you yet. Every time you need an answer, he made it right on time. Everything going forward will be right on time. He's on time. Here's the thing about God is that he plans out every single detail. He takes care of the details that we have no idea that he took care of. So when you need an answer, when you need the decision, when you need the, to know what direction, he's going to be right there. And like I said before, you get, to, you get to do a fun thing. You just get to trust him. Just get to trust him. I'm overwhelmed, Jonathan. Well, you ain't trusting him enough. You know how many times I preach that to me a day? <laughs> tired of this. Well, you, you wouldn't be tired if you trusted him. Because <laughs> the truth is, and it's a lot of stuff that we're facing, we have about that much power over it. <laughs> and that's about a bazillion times more than we really do. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. I've had something for Taylor before the even when before we even started the service and 
before they even practiced. He's behind me, by the way. His birthday's tomorrow. We got a cookie cake over there for him, too. He hates me, and I draw attention to him. Your faithfulness to not just this ministry and not just like Jared and different ones that you're faithful to, but your faithfulness is establishing, and this is not going to mean much right now, but it's establishing a, a foundation for you that's going to lead into a legacy for your future. So just keep on trusting God. This is a man that gives 110% everything that he does. Keep on trusting God that he's building upon a foundation for you and that foundation has got a destination and that destination is a legacy. I don't know much more than that. That's all he gave me. (laughs) Sorry. Didn't want to make anything up. You guys have a good time tonight. Would you stand with me real quick? We need to go out and sing.